0: Virtues like this, or um, what Paul calls the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5, mm. they are things that are only possible to live out in community with other people. That's right. You, you can't go off one and others. Yeah. in secret by yourself and and demonstrate humility or <laughs> servanthood. Mm-hmm. Um, even godliness is not just you on your own thinking lofty thoughts about God. It's mm. you in relationship to others, acting toward others, treating others, responding to others in godly ways. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. We scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls
1: repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Grune. I'm a pastoral resident here at Emmaus Road Church, joined as always with Ryan Chase, elder pastor at Emmaus, and Caleb Dernberger. The Caleb Dernberger. Pastoral resident at Emmaus. <laughs> no, no other. You gotta mix it up from time to time, and I just realized how good it is to have you here. So nobody uh, mixes it quite like you. Well <sighs> that's mm-hmm. that is true. Mm-hmm. So today, conversation topic. Um I'm thinking so. This, this is going to drop, if you will, as the kids say. This pod will drop in a, in a few weeks after uh, our ninth anniversary. And at our ninth anniversary celebration on um, December 11th. 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 Great. Thanks. Um, we gave out some swag, swag. Swag, depending on kid, how the, the kids say too. I the think kids the kids say it. that as well. Um, it gave out a couple of gifts. Ryan, you of course the the delicious mug. Not the mugs, not delicious, but holds delicious coffee uh, with our logo on it. Coupled with a journal, the Sovereign Grace Journal from uh, from the most recent October twenty twenty two. What is this thing, Ryan? Yeah. Well, the Sovereign Grace Journal
0: exists to serve the members and pastors of Sovereign Grace Churches. That that's the purpose for it. Um, It's put together, made up of articles that are written by pastors within Sovereign Grace Churches. It comes out quarterly. Each one has a particular theme or a focus, and all of the the articles relate to that. Uh, Jeff Perswell, who's the dean of our pastors' college, and just a remarkable man, everybody who has Mm -hmm. the pleasure of meeting him, spending any time around him. Um, you just are amazed by, um, yeah, his, his love for Christ, his passion for the gospel, his character, his, his warmth, all all of those things. He he serves as the executive editor for the Sovereign Grace Journal. And then Jared Mellinger, who's the senior pastor at Covenant Fellowship in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. He's the, the general editor. So those guys do a lot of work to to put this together and review those articles that are submitted, it comes out quarterly and it's available in electronic format online. You can go to slash journal and access a PDF, or you can click a button there to purchase a hard copy on yeah. Amazon for five
2: bucks or yeah. something, and they'll, and was, they'll ship when, it right to you. When was the first edition? Two years ago? Yeah, has it been two years? I, I think it's been
0: probably you, a year and a half. Maybe. Spring. 2021. Huh. So there was Oh, were, fairly recent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to give you an idea, um, the theme of that one was Christ Our Treasure. Mm. Um, and I think the album, the album, had, album just had just come, come out yeah. recently. Yep. Um, so spring 2021, Christ Our Treasure, summer 2021, A Christ-Centered People. Um, there was the one in December of 2021 mm. was focused on our statement of faith. So that that's a, a great... if you want to not just know the Statement of Faith but read some articles that really take a deep dive into those specific parts of it. So just a great resource and good for our people. One of the reasons we wanted to give this out you know, surface level is just we want people to be aware this is out there, yeah, and this is for you, yeah, um, for your edification. So if you're looking for for good content to read, yeah. I, I think the way that it's done, it will. You know, one of their goals was to have something that would serve future generations, and so yeah. these are not just blog posts that y- you quickly move on from, but it's it's preserved in a way that 50 years from now, right? Lord willing, 100 years from now, our grandkids will be able mm. to go back and read yeah. mm-hmm. these things and and be edified by the same way that we love to read stuff from. Wise,
1: old, and sometimes dead pastors. That's right. Well, so that that's a, a brief intro, and we'll we'll go on further. I think maybe later to yeah. talk about how to use this, or how we would, how, how, how you could see yourself using this in the, um in different contexts. But this one, the one that we handed out, and this is why I think it was so sweet that we handed this particular one out at our anniversary. Um, this one's on it called "Our Shaping Virtues." Um, and What does that mean? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. uh, so if you've been around Emmaus Road Church, or especially if you've gone through the Foundations classes, you will know that um, kind of what makes us a Sovereign Grace Church are our uh, shared values, mm-hmm. uh, the seven kind of distinctives that, that make Sovereign Grace Churches different from other churches. Uh, things like our Reformed Soteriology, things like our complementarianism, things like our continuationist pneumatology, these big words that, you know, are, are meant to separate, not separate, but distinguish us from other people. Make it some
0: definition that's to right. who we are. And
1: in a lot of ways, to protect our churches, to say, here's who we are, and to kind of guard against, um, you know, some, some moving away from that, because when you move away from that, you're, you're now something else. That, that's the point of being distinct. Um, so those are our shared values or our distinctives, our seven shared values. But they, this is meant to kind of correlate off that. Um, because if, if you're like me, you've had an experience where you walked into a Sovereign Grace Church, particularly this Sovereign Grace Church, and asked the question, what's going on here? <laughs> There's some, there is something unique about this people. And, and, you know, Jamie and I's first experience with that was at Isaac um Chase's funeral. We saw a Road church grieving, and yet you guys were there. Was some? There was some. It was clear that you were grieving without hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, <laughs> you're grieving hopefully with hope. well, with very <laughs> much with hope. Yes, there was something was going on, and then we went to a missional community. Same thing. We went to a Sunday gathering. Same thing, and it just kept mm-hmm. feeding this intensity. And then you, you know, uh, we went to. I went to a pastor's conference, mm-hmm. Ryan, on, on the last podcast, you had made a, a mention of, you had this thought of like, man, I wish Barbara was here mm-hmm. when you went to a conference to just, cause it's so hard to translate. Yeah. Right. I had the same thought. But it, but know? it's palpable. It's like yeah. it's experiential. Right. I mean, and how do I tell Jamie about this? Yeah. Because I can just tell her it was great, but that doesn't get across all the, it had to be there. That's right. And then when Jamie and I moved to South Carolina, and started attending a faithful gospel preaching, uh, church, you could just feel there was, there, there was a void there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until we visited the Sovereign Grace Church in Somerville, South Carolina, just outside of Charleston, where we walked in and we both said, oh, okay. The, this is, this is, it's almost like when you get home, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get home from a vacation. It's like, okay, this is my, this is, this is my bed. And like, you know, there's the, there's a warmth yeah. about it. Feels like um, I'm- and it, what the, shape, uh, the shaping virtues are meant to be is to try and quantify that, I think, in a sense, to, to get our arms around it. And so, you know, in this journal, in the introduction, Mark Prater, who, who is the executive director of Sovereign Grace Churches, um, he, he says this, I'll read this for opening paragraph. What do people experience when they walk into a Sovereign Grace Church for the first time? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Of course, we want them to receive a warm welcome. Even more, we hope they see and experience the fruit of the gospel at work in our lives. To say it another way, gospel centrality produces a gospel culture that is marked by certain qualities like, and here they are, humility, joy, gratitude, encouragement, generosity, servanthood, and godliness. It's those seven qualities that we call shaping virtues in sovereign grace. We pray that they mark all of our churches, regardless of culture, ethnicity, or nation. And, and that last line really gets to it. Mm. Um, you know, South Carolina is in the same nation as South Dakota. It's a very different culture, um, and yet when we walked into that church, there was a familiarity. There was a a, a togetherness, a unity, because these these um, these virtues were being operated they, they were in operation it and wasn't so,
2: just a midwest nice. it, exactly it's yeah. not and it's yeah. also
1: these aren't these aren't american virtues yeah. the, these are gospel virtues yeah. and so they transcend nations they, they transcend all barriers because we are no longer jew or gentile because they are found only in the gospel of jesus christ who breaks down those barriers okay. so yeah good yeah well i think
0: just off of that point that these are virtues that grow out of the gospel. So we call them, you know, this describes gospel culture and it transcends any one particular human culture. Um, but it might look different in different places. And so a great concern when you're thinking about missions and international church planting is not just exporting like here's our American way of doing things. Right. And Sovereign Grace Churches has always said as a denomination, we are not an American denomination with some international presence. We are a global denomination. Mm -hmm. So sovereign grace churches in places like Germany or Zambia and Mexico are not just foreign outposts of this American denomination. They're they're just equally part of sovereign grace churches. And and so then um, virtues like this can be embodied, but it might look different. You know, so when you're talking about hospitality, hospitality, is, is going to vary. How do you express hospitality in an Asian culture? How do you express right. hospitality here? The, the particulars might differ, but you know, when you are experiencing that mm-hmm. kind of warm, generous mm-hmm. hospitality. Yeah. Um, so I, I think th- that's a helpful way to think about it. These can be expressed anywhere around the world. We're not trying to export some, you know, here's how we, uh, structure our services. Mm-hmm. We sing this many songs right. and we do this. And it, so, so it's not just like, you know, we all sit, Facing this direction, we do do these things this way. No, it, it's um, these are yeah virtues produced by the gospel, yeah. and the gospel produces these virtues in any people anywhere
1: on earth. Right. Yeah, and it's really critical. I think you know these are produced by the gospel. Yeah. Um, if we look around ourselves, if we take if we take stock in our lives, or even just in stock of a of a church that we're at, and these aren't present um, or discernible, because I think I think that's that's important. These are meant to be. Discerned, like mm-hmm. people recognize them when they come in. Yeah. Uh, they're not just in our hearts; they're, they're actually in fleshed. Um, but when we, if we don't see that, the solution is not we'll just be more joyful. Um, <laughs> just have you know, the the, the solution is I just need to give more, or you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. No, the, the solution is trust Jesus because that's who this is coming from. Mm-hmm. The, it, it's it's not a, it's not possible to call to staple bananas to an apple tree and call it. A, bana- a banana tree. The, a, a tree produces the fruit yeah. where the roots are. And so, By its nature. That's right. So really what this these virtues should drive us back to is the gospel itself.
2: Yes. And that's what connects our shared values to right. our shaping virtues. Mm-hmm. We, so, I mean, these are behaviors and attitudes that flow from the gospel of grace, gripping our hearts. And how does that happen? As the gospel is preached, our gospel-centered preaching and teaching are the fertile soil in which all these things are happening the, you know, when we go to our missional community meetings and our huddle meetings, as we are gripped afresh by what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, that's how these fruits are produced in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why we value gospel centered preaching. That's why we value the word. That's why we value these doctrines of grace that are yeah. so clearly, Stated in our shared values that just lead to what happens, what we see in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Really what you just described and and really
1: what this is, is the functional centrality of the gospel. Um, Dear friend, Mike Bulmore, who is a pastor at Crossway Community Church in Kenosha, Wisconsin, who who taught at the Pastors College, who I got to know while we were there. Um, Just the Packers
2: fan, though. So we need to hold that. We didn't have to go there. We need to. (laughs) We just need to state that now for our listeners. He is a Packers fan. He loves them so much. (laughs) He's a he's a he's a godly man, and and he's the one who first kind of define. Not, I mean,
1: obviously none of he's not novel, but he's the one who kind of shape or a kind of gave definition to this of the functional centrality of the gospel. We are gospel centered people. And what that means is that the middle of it all of the spoke of the wheel is the gospel itself, but emanating out from that are things like gospel doctrine, which is what would be kind of our, our seven shared values, things like reformed soteriology. We do have a particular belief about Doctural soteriology. Conditions. That's right. Mm-hmm. But then the next step is, is gospel behavior or, or gospel virtues Mm -hmm. um that but they're all flowing out from the gospel itself. So it really is what these are are infleshed everyday one another life on life virtues that are happening because of the gospel and because of our doctrine.
2: Yeah and some of those are commands too. Yeah. I mean it's not just enough to say, well we got our doctrine right and so all the rest will follow. No, there's actually a you know, we have to set our hearts and set our minds and believe the gospel for ourselves. And then we want to take what God says in his word seriously and say, so put on then as a chosen ones, humility, like put on humility, yeah. you know, be hospitable. Those things, they, they're commands, and yet they only are possible if we are at the right starting point, which is believe the gospel to be true yeah. for mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah.
0: I love how Mickey Connolly lays this out in the very first article in this journal. It's called The Shaping Virtues of Sovereign Race Churches. Um, Mickey Connolly writes this as an overview of the seven before additional articles get down into the specifics. Mm. And he just says in that second paragraph, our shared values and our shaping virtues must work together. Values without virtues will be cold and ultimately unattractive neither glorifying God, nor adorning the gospel. Mm, mm. And, and I think there's a warning there where it, it is possible to find um, people, churches, who on paper, confessionally, would hold to the same doctrinal convictions, the mm. same theological beliefs. And yet... That doctrine is not functioning. Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. why that, that's so powerful, that idea of functional centrality, where the gospel is actually functioning, where it's working and it's it's doing things, it's producing something in us. It's possible, like you were saying, Caleb, to hold some belief in your head, and yet it it's just clearly not coming out your hands. It's yeah. not being lived. And and that's a challenge we all fall into yeah. all the time. All right. And I think about that when i sin against my own children and i'm impatient i am mm-hmm. not living in a way that is consistent with the gospel that mm-hmm. i claim to believe and the gospel that i'm trying to disciple them in i'm not modeling for them that i actually am believing functionally in that moment that god is patient and merciful yes. toward me and so to just have doctrinal convictions can actually create cultures of you know snobbishness self-righteousness mm-hmm. yeah. arrogance all kinds of things and so then you you meet crabby Calvinists who Mm -hmm. think they're better than the world because they believe in the doctrines of grace and other people don't. Mm. And they, they miss the fact that the doctrines of grace are all about the grace of God and not about you being so much better and God loving you because you stood out somehow from everybody else. And so there's just a great warning there. What happens when you have sound doctrine that's cut short and it's not functioning, It it can, it can make really ugly culture. And so the Mickey goes on and he says, virtues without values will be shallow because they are untethered to the gospel truth. So if, if you just try to produce, we just want to be really warm, loving people, yeah. but you don't have any doctrinal conviction undergirding that, mm, yeah. then you're just going to be yeah, swept along by, by feelings and right. just by, by niceness. Personalities. Personality. Yeah, or exactly. Or similarities
2: culturally. Yeah. We all yeah. like the same genre of music. We like to dress the same. That, right. that will just fizzle. I mean... Yep. Look at our culture. That fizzles out pretty quickly. Yeah, when so, you so then you, you have
0: just that. niceness itself becomes the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you then you, you want to wash away any doctrinal conviction because you think, oh, no, you that's going to offend. offend somebody yep. and people might not be comfortable with that. So, so you need the two. And I think of it kind of like the skeleton system and, and your skin. You yeah. know, if you were mm-hmm. just a skeleton, <laughs> those bones couldn't do anything. That's but right. if you were just skin without a skeleton, you'd mm-hmm. just be a... Puddle on the floor. So, you need those two things to go together. Yeah. Uh, the, the virtues animate the the structure and skeleton of the the doctrinal convictions and
1: values. I think what you said too is also really important. Of um, maybe highlighting this, yes, our our shaping virtues are flowing out of our shared values, um, and you almost said theology that comes out of our fingertips. But it's also recognizing the reality that. That's happening all the time, no matter what, Mm -hmm. like we are always operating based on what we believe. The question is, are the two aligned with one another? And are they ultimately aligned with the gospel? Because those, those people, those, those crabby Calvinists that you described are operating out of some belief. Right. um, And it's not godly. Uh, In fact, and when, and and when I sin, when I, like you said, when I um, am impatient with my kids, I am functioning out of a, of a belief. And it's actually an unbelief in who God is. Um, and so we're always doing that all the time. The, The, what the Christian life is, what the process of sanctification is empowered by the Holy spirit is putting to death that old man and putting on the new. And what does the new look like? Well, first there are core beliefs I need to have about God and who he is. And then that new man begins to take shape. And it, it almost looks like somebody who's humble, joy, joy yeah. like all, all these other things. And so th- the, the opposite is it is possible to find people who believe the correct things and don't act a certain way. And is that not the, the main charge against the Christian church? Mm. Hypocrisy that you guys say one thing and do another. Um, and our aim is to wreck Well, first we recognize that's a very real possibility and a very real temptation to all of us all the time. And and we want to, by God's empowering spirit, begin to align those things correctly. Yeah, mm. that's yeah. right. I think 2 Peter 1
0: is a great statement of this out of God's word um, and a reminder to us that in setting out these shaping virtues, there's no, um, we have no illusion of thinking like these are unique to us mm. or yeah. you know n- nobody else has these or we, we have a corner on these like th- these are just Christian virtues right yeah. like this just comes out of god's word it is an attempt um Matt like you were saying to to kind of put our finger on or get our arms around what what is it that we love about what we experience <laughs> mm. in gospel community where the gospel is really really functioning right what is that flavor yeah. kind of like when you you eat a meal and you're trying to put your finger on some, there, there's some spice here. What, what is that? I don't have a very refined palate, so I can never name those spices, but my wife has this <laughs> ability. She can taste something and just go, mm, I think that's whatever she names some obscure spice and she Human. can taste it. Yeah. Like that. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, so Ben Krebs, pastor of living hope church in, um, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, he took a stab at this a couple of years ago, trying to put his finger on what are those flavors, the, those virtues that that we all experience that we love so much about Sovereign Grace churches. Then Mickey Connolly took that, developed it, edited it a little bit, made made this list. But Second Peter one, uh, Peter writes for this very reason, make every effort to supplement mm-hmm. your faith with virtue, mm. and, and it stands out to me that's a command. Peter says, make every effort, meaning you have faith, you trust the Lord. He says right before this, you have become partakers with us. Um, You have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, which is incredible. The eyewitnesses of Christ, we who are believed because of their testimony, we have an equal faith with them. He says, so so now uh, make every effort to supplement your faith, to add to your faith with virtue and Mm. virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Mm.
0: For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Mm. So Peter ties it to the gospel. If you lack these virtues in your life, you have forgotten the gospel you, you yeah. forgot that your sins were washed away by Jesus right. and so if, if you lack these how do you what, what does it look like to make every effort It looks like remembering the gospel mm-hmm, preaching yeah. the gospel to yourself, going back there
1: and yeah. and the what I have experienced I think what all of us experience and our con- core conviction I think the New Testament speaks to this too is that very process is best worked out in gospel community yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's best worked out in the midst of other people who are also seeking to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's kind of like, you know, if I feel myself sinking in quicksand, I need another person who's got their arm tethered to something secure to help me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody who knows me and somebody who cares for me, somebody who knows me well enough to recognize when I am in the quicksand and, and and tempted towards certain things. So that's why we so treasure and value gospel communities, spe- spe- uh, specifically our missional communities, um, is because those are the contexts in which, our aim is to know one another in such a way that we are able to apply the gospel to one another in order to achieve these yeah. ends, so that we don't forget that our sins have been washed right. away.
0: And, and virtues like this, or um, what Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians five, hmm. they are things that are only possible to live out in community with other people. That's right. You, you can't go off one another's yeah. in secret by yourself and and demonstrate humility or (laughs) servanthood. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Even godliness is not just you on your own thinking lofty thoughts about God. It's Mm. you in relationship to others, acting toward others, treating others, responding to others in godly ways. So these are lived out in community, which is why Mm. I love that toward the end of this journal in particular, there are specific articles about, so what do these virtues look like lived out in the corporate church, what do they look like lived out in small groups or what we call Mm. missional communities? There's an article in here for grandparents. Um, What what does it look like to model these virtues for your grandchildren? Mm. Um, What do these look like in the home? Uh, How do these virtues come out in our witness to unbelievers in Mm. the world? So they're lived out. Just think of every context, every relational context that you are involved in and think, you know, these virtues, joy, humility, godliness, encouragement, Generosity. This is not coming out in one fragment of my life over Mm -hmm. here. You know, on a Wednesday night when I'm with my missional community. No, this is coming out in all of my life. And sometimes that's in front of unbelievers, and sometimes that's in front of my kids or my grandkids. That's in front of, uh, you know, in community with other believers in the church. So it just it's all of life, and it's
1: relational. It's Mm -hmm. it's with other people. Mm -hmm. As soon as you insert other people, you insert other sinners (laughs) like yourself and like myself. And as soon as you have that where there's friction there's traction and where there's traction, there's movement. Um, and, and that's what is really what this, these are, these virtues are meant to be. So, um, I, I think we all, I mean, there's a reason we handed these out is I think we would all commend this journal, um, for your own personal study you know, read these articles, um, by all, all by sovereign grace pastors, some of them dear friends of ours, one by our very own Greg Nernberger on servanthood. That'd be well worth your time. Um, to our missional community leaders, this would be a sweet thing to walk through, yeah. um, it, You know, given whatever context you want. Uh, yeah, one way to do that would just be tell everybody
0: ahead of time, read read the article on your own prior mm-hmm. to, and then when we gather yeah. together, we'll We're talk some through, we'll yeah. just have a discussion.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and just that can then, in that context, can spur us towards godliness or humility or... Joy or and just an, also a context for us to practice those things. Yeah. Um, so, really, really thankful for Sovereign Grace Churches. Really thankful for um, the leadership team. Jeff Perswell, who who is like you said, is the editor for putting this particular journal together. All the journals are we commend all of them. This one particular. Um, if you've been like me and like I think all of us who have experienced Sovereign Grace and been, what's going on there? Mm. Um, this helps to kind of. You might find yourself nodding along and saying, "Oh, that's that's right. That's it. <laughs> that that affirms my experience." And, and we just want to grow in it
0: more and more. None yeah. of us has uh, has arrived. That's right. We're not. It's not like some of us embody these and some don't. No, we're, we're growing mm-hmm. in this together. And and I would just say, expect to be convicted. That yes. that's my experience. Yep. That first one by C.J. on humility. Like expect to be convicted of your own sin where you fall short and you Mm. don't embody these and then know that the remedy to that is the gospel. Like this will just drive you deeper into the gospel because when you see, wow, I lack humility or wow, I'm not very generous or I have room to grow in godliness. Mm. um, Then repent, confess that to God and, and enjoy his forgiveness through Christ who died for your sins and then be encouraged that now God will supply you by his spirit with the power that you need to grow in these. I right. says that right at the beginning, the primary way we grow in all of these virtues is by immersing ourselves in the message of the death and resurrection mm. of Jesus Christ. So Amen. expect to be immersed in the gospel <laughs> as you grow <laughs> yes. in practical, observable, tangible yeah. ways in these virtues. Excellent. All right. Till next time. Thanks, boys